privilege of visiting a 100-year-old person this week, Hazel Prather, a wonderful lady. And I was talking to Hazel. Uh, she was in the hospital. And I said, well, Hazel, I'm just not sure I'll ever make it to 100. It's nice to meet someone that's 100 years old. And she said, well, Sonny, don't give up. And um, I assured her that I wasn't going to give up. I was going to keep trying my best to live. And I was thinking about her life. Think about what's happened over the last 100 years. The changes. Horse and buggy to man on the moon. She's seen the great wars. She's watched this country evolve. She's seen the Lord do amazing things. I thought this week about the simple life. Some of the simpler times. Um, this week we had some family in from out of state, and we have a, my mother has a great granddaughter she's happy about today. And we had uh, hamburgers on the grill, charcoal grill. How many like charcoal? Raise your hand. I still like charcoal a lot. Black and white TV. I kind of like watching black and white reruns. Kind of takes me back to simpler times. Uh, we had some um, Smucker's Jelly this week. How many like Smucker's Jelly? Yeah, that's about everybody. Friday night footballs. I mean, there's a lot of simple things, simple times. The Lord's with us, but life hasn't always been simple. It was a cloudless sky. I lived in Fort Mitchell. Kentucky a few years ago and something happened watch this when the night seems to Someone 
Silence, please. Heavenly Father, we indeed thank you for this great country. We acknowledge our sins, we acknowledge your grace and mercy. As we pledged some years ago, we will continue to remember the families who lost their lives that September morning. We thank you for the brave men and women who rescued so many fallen citizens. We pray for the leaders of our country, our president, our Congress, our local leaders and all those who would bring us closer to you. Truly, you are amazing. And during that time, since September 11th, your grace has been demonstrated time and time again. And Lord, on this day, as we commemorate the fallen, we also think about how wonderful you are. And I pray for all those in harm's way this day. And again, I pray for the wonderful country, the United States of America. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
There are simple times. There are tough times. But in all of time, God is good. His grace endures forever. He is a loving God. He's a caring God. He's an amazing God. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 1. Mark, chapter 1. I want to read a passage where you will see the word amazing or amazed twice in the passage. For those who don't have a Bible, it will appear upon the screen for you. I want you to follow along as I read it. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man who was in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Back in June, the pilgrims and I that went with us from First Baptist in the community went to the very spot where Jesus taught in the synagogue. And I can just imagine Jesus while he was in the synagogue teaching. And then all of a sudden, someone with an evil spirit came in. And Jesus knew who that was, and the spirit knew who he, who he was. They'd been together, as it were since the beginning of time. And Jesus exercised that demon, and the demon came out of him. Now, there's demons that still exist. Now, they're not just the ones in the nursery either. Demons still exist. Demons are alive and well. And today, I want to talk about why these people were so amazed. I want to say three things today, why this passage is so amazing to me. First of all, Jesus' life was amazing. Jesus' teaching was amazing. And finally, Jesus' hope is amazing. First of all, Jesus' life is amazing. If you think about it, even if you were not a Bible reader or a believer in the Bible, Let's just say you were a secularist. Let's just say that you don't even believe in the Bible. The fact of the matter is, Jewish historians like Josephus, 
uh, Roman editors of the law acknowledged that there was a person named Jesus. Josephus even calls this man a wonderful prophet. Jesus' life was amazing. The fact that he was born in this little town called Bethlehem. The fact that he was able to escape with his family to Egypt and come back. The fact that he was able to live a life, and we only see one snapshot of Jesus when he was 12. He was teaching older men the law. And when his parents finally found him, he said, well, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Jesus was always doing amazing things. His life was amazing. At age 30, he was baptized. And then he started his teachings. He started teaching in Galilee. And he started teaching and preaching the good news of the kingdom. People were amazed at Jesus' life. But as amazing as his life was, his death was even more remarkable. Trumped-up charges allowed him to be brought to a trial. And there he was somehow convicted and there he was crucified just as the Bible said he would be. And yet no bone was broken in his body. He was crucified between two thieves. And there he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He died there, but hope didn't die. They put him in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, Jesus came back to life. Jesus' life is amazing, even if you don't believe the narratives in the Bible. The fact of the matter is Jesus was born. Jesus did live. Jesus did die. But we as Christians know that Jesus is alive. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. But his teachings were amazing. Think about his teachings. I want you to turn in your Bible with me. This is what really, this is really a teaching of Jesus that somehow people don't catch. The reason why so many people I see struggle is this one teaching of Jesus. You're not willing to submit. Look at Mark or Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Matthew 10, 32. This is a critical teaching of Jesus. And I could spend the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and I am spending the rest of my life trying to uncover the teachings of Jesus and the scriptures. But this one particular scripture, so many people pass over as if it is not there. As if you can do more than Jesus. You want a simple life? So many have, there's magazines called Simple Life. You want to simplify your life? Do what Jesus tells you to do. Listen to what he says. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I also will deny before my Father in heaven. To get the teachings of Jesus right, you first of all have to acknowledge that you're one of his. You need to be part of the family. You need to confess him before men. 
You need to go forward. And the next step, you need to be baptized. You need to declare to the world, I'm on Jesus' side, even though the most important thing is for Jesus to be on your side. The teachings of Jesus were amazing. Think about his teachings. In John chapter 8, verse 7, turn there with me. There was a woman who was tremendously in sin. And all the men knew it, and they found her caught in the very midst of adultery. And yet, Jesus declared those perhaps most famous words, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. John 8, 7. He who is without sin, let him be the first to cast the stone. They dropped their stones and walked away. I'm reading the book, and I'm asking my staff to read the book called Quitting Church. It's an interesting read, not because it's a religious book per se, but it describes why people quit church. I'm fascinated by this article, of course. I'm fascinated because so many people quit church. They seem to get started, and then they quit. And I'm wondering, why do so many people quit church? And one of the conclusions that the writer says is that one of the reasons people quit church is because of the church. <laughs> because of us. Now we don't like that. We don't like to hear that word. We'd rather have a singular villain. We'd rather say it's the preacher's fault. We'd rather like to say, it's the music's fault. Like other people to blame. The fact of the matter is, it's our fault. We're so quick to throw the stone. We're so quick to condemn. We're so quick to cast a doubtful voice. Jesus wasn't like that. The reason that Jesus rallied people to himself, he told the truth. You're not perfect. You need a Savior, and I am he. Over and over again, he allowed people to embrace his teachings. When the evil spirit was present, Jesus exercised the demon. And friends, God wants to help you. What is the sin that's so easily besetting you? I don't know what it is. I know one thing, that Jesus Christ loves his church. And his church is the one that he's coming back for. You need his church. And the church needs you. And together there's a marriage that God wants to have happen for you to connect with his church and the church to be glorious once again. You see, Jesus' person is amazing, but his teaching is amazing. You don't have the right to cast the stone, and no, neither do I. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And Thomas said, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, say it with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. John 14, 1 through 6. Jesus' teachings were amazing. He declared that he was the way, that he was the life, he was the truth. If you want to know God's truth, look at Jesus. If you want to go God's way, look at Jesus. If you want to know the way that you are supposed to live, model Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Last Sunday, I gave you an absolutely amazing, miraculous story. That baby was born. And I tell you what, this whole week I've been on cloud nine. An amazing story. An amazing miracle. And this morning at 3.30, God chose to take baby Campbell home. In his providence and in his grace, he said it was her time. And part of our understanding of God is to understand the hope that comes with each person's life. And turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Verse 7. Jesus, on his last day on earth, said these words. It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. It is not our plan. It is beyond our understanding when God chooses to perform miracles when God chooses to take one to be with him. When David lost his son, he said, I cannot bring him back to me, but I can go and be with him. Before I go any further, and I only have just a little more, I want us to pause and give thanks to God for the miracle of last Sunday and the homegoing of baby Campbell Brielle today. Let us bow. Father, it's in your time, in your season, 
you've chosen to give this baby to us, to Nelson, to Abby, their family. And we thank you for the days that baby Campbell was on earth, and we acknowledge it was a miracle. We also acknowledge that you, in your divine will and providence, you've chosen to take this baby to be with you. And we thank you for your own divine decision. And while we don't always understand your ways, we know that your heart is pure and your ways are pure. We can only imagine what that baby is experiencing even now in your presence. I thank you for her life. And though it was brief while on earth, you remind us that those who are in Christ will be forever with you. I thank you for this baby and the hope that it brought to so many people during these days. Be with Abby and Nelson and all those who are grieving. Thank you for Gail and Jimmy. Bless them just now. In Jesus' name I pray. It was Labor Day weekend just a few years ago that I received a call from a person who had an accident out on the parkway. And I went to be with them at the hospital. I'd just seen them the day before. Everything was perfect. The last time I saw them, we just kind of had a good time together. The next time I saw them, they were fighting for their life. And I know that those in the medical profession are more conditioned to it, but for the rest of us, it's a, it's a challenge to hold someone's hand for the last breath. And there I was, holding a person's hand for the last breath. And they slipped out into eternity. I thought to myself, thank you, God, for your simple life. Jesus' simple, amazing life, his simple teachings brings us to a simple hope. And here's the hope. To be absent in the body is to be present with Christ. Those who are dead in Christ shall rise back to earth like Christ. Those who are dead will live again in Jesus' name. Friends, we do have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for at this time of the year. We have an amazing God who gave us an amazing Savior, who lived an amazing life, who had amazing teachings. It gave us an amazing hope for the rest of our lives. Our God is amazing. And even though we can't always understand the ways in which He is working, God is at work. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to leave us. And even while we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He is with us. He will not forsake us. He will not abandon us. 
God is our God and there is none other. Friends, if you do not know Christ, how do you live life even if you do have a black and white TV? Even if you do like charcoal? Even if you do like smuckers? It doesn't really matter. You don't have a life. Without Christ, there is no hope of eternal life. You may have simplified your life, but you've complicated your life because you've got a future that is uncertain, unclear, and certainly untenable. Without Christ, you have no hope. And if you're watching by television, let me remind you. Jesus says, if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before my Father in heaven. There's more to Christianity than know it in your head. It's living it in your heart and practicing it with your life. That's what seasoned Christians do. Sure, we get sad when we hear news like we heard this morning. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in knowing that our Savior lives and that we have the promise to live with him. I want you to think about that as we get ready for our invitation. If you haven't confessed Christ, I want you to come. If you're not a Christian, I want you to come. If you've never been baptized, I want you to come. If you want to be part of this fellowship, I want you to come. If God is leading you here, you come. The best decision you'll ever make in your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, this is your invitation. A chance for people to respond to the message. To give their heart to you to rededicate themselves once again. Thank you for the amazing teachings of Christ. Thank you for this service. In Jesus' name, amen.